Before we begin today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank our top tier patrons from Patreon. First of all, thank you very much to Gordon Lipford, Ian Fisher, and Trucknar for continuing to support us at the highest level, our podcast paladins. Your support is everything to us, and we really appreciate how much faith you have in us. We also want to thank all of our patrons for doing what they do. Thank you so much. And if you want to be recognized on air, go to www.patreon.com backslash Podcast and become one of our podcast paladins. Thank you so much. Also, before we begin, I want you to know that we just started a new subreddit called the Explominate News Network. If you go to www.reddit.com backslash r backslash e-x-n-n, you'll find a subreddit brought to you by the Explominate staff that focuses mainly on Forex news, announcements, and patches, but also some strategy and tactics games as well. So check it out. Welcome to the Explominate Podcast. Welcome, friends, to the Explorative Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight is Ben. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Rob. How's it going? You know, I'm doing really well, man. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm really starting to kind of finally, you know, find my groove and and recover as best I can. So I'm doing well. How about you? I'm pretty good, man. It sounds like you found the right cocktail of drugs, finally. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you what, but it's great. But you know what? We have someone from way across the world. It's not Sean this time. It's Daz Tactic. Welcome, sir. How are you? Thanks, Rob, and thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on again. It's always a good time when we can get the gang back together. Before Daz, Ben, and I get into our discussion on Planetfall, I wanted to give you a brief update on some seriously big news in the Forex world. First off is Stardock's announcement that Galactic Civilizations 4 is going to be making its way to Alpha and Beta this year with a full release next year, and it is changing a lot of things. In fact, the whole game has changed, and I'd recommend that you go to Explominate.co or even checking out Stardock's website to see all the changes. But basically, they're going to be making the map much larger, but the focus is going to be on a few main planets where a lot of planets kind of funnel all of their resources and stuff into those planets. And you choose which planets you want to focus on by putting leaders there. And the characters are going to have a lot more say and a lot more of a role in this game. So it's kind of mixing a little bit of Crusader Kings with Galactic Civilizations, which I think is really cool. But like I said, I'd really recommend you go to the website and read more about it, and also read Brad Wardell's response to my re-examination of Galactic Civilizations 3, as it outlines what he believes were the issues with Galactic Civilizations 3, what worked for Galactic Civilizations 3, and what they plan to do with Galactic Civilizations 4. So that's extremely awesome news, really excited about that. 
And then if things couldn't get any more crazy or wild or awesome, Slytherin, during their Home of Wargamers event, the very next day, showed off Master of Magic, made by Muha Games, the very same company that made Thea and Thea 2. And Thea 1 actually took our Game of the Year award in 2016, I believe. And yeah, so we couldn't be any more excited by the developer and the announcement. It looks like they're utilizing the same feel and they're actually bringing forward all the the old wizards and all the old races and they're giving them new life and their artwork is just amazing and if you remember their artwork from Thea you'll remember that they just brought that over and made it really cool much more fantasy instead of their Slavic lore stuff but it makes sense now because Muha Games has been very quiet since development wrapped up with Thea 2 and now we know why because they are making Master of Magic the reboot which is exciting stuff. I just can't tell you how excited I am about that. I know a lot of people were excited about that. So some very big news with regards to two major 4X game announcements. We also got to see more of Distant Worlds 2 during this event, and it's still looking pretty slick. Although I personally feel like the UI just looks a little bit dark, and I wasn't really a big fan of it. I wish there was more color coding with regards to the user interface. But other than that, it looked great. Eric Rutens did a great job of showing it off, and I'm really excited about that. That's another game that we're just, there's just so many Forex games right now that are very anticipated, and I can't believe they're all coming out in the next couple years. And a few more news items before we wrap this up. First of all, if you're a Shadow Empire fan and you've been watching the Pymus Stratagem's cards art pack that he's been modding, it is now complete, and you can go to his Ko-Fi and donate just a dollar and grab it from him, but I recommend donating much more. He spent a lot of time on this and the stratagems cards look so much better as a result of his hard work. And that is complete now. All the cards are now modded and and made into his own art style. I really love it. It's a great mod and I would highly recommend you guys, if you guys are big Shadow Empire fans, going and checking it out and downloading it. Next up, Arkham Games announced that on May 18th of this year, in just a few short days, they're going to release their next expansion for AI War 2 called the Zenith Onslaught, and we'll have a full review for that, but it looks awesome. Looks like they've added a few new factions and a few new crazy things, all, all sorts of crazy things. It's amazing how much work they've put into that game. I'm very excited about seeing that, and I'm very excited to see what our reviewer thinks of it. Also, on the tactics front, Snapshot Games announced that Phoenix Point Festering Skies will be released later this month, May 25th, and they showed off some new enemies and new missions in their dev diary, so go check that out. Also, Amplitude Studios finally released the Monstrous Tales DLC and Dark Matter DLC for Endless Legend and Endless Space 2, respectively. And unfortunately, some of that has actually come out with some bugs and created some issues, but they have kind of seemingly fixed those now. So it's probably a good time to jump in, especially if you're Endless Legend or Endless Space 2 fan. The quests themselves are fantastic, so I'm really excited about that. And also, I'm doing a new Endless Legend Let's Play on our YouTube channel, so check that out if you want to come see what the new content's like. Also, at the time of this recording, we just learned of Conquest of Elysium 5 coming in August of this year, as if this year wasn't big enough for strategy gamers. And we don't know much about it, but we will be reporting on that as soon as possible as well. And then more relevant to this show, Triumph Studios just released update version 1.404 called Triceratops 2, which has fixed some of the nagging bugs. And it looks like they are going to continue to patch it as they see fit, as they need to. So that's great news. So development hasn't ceased entirely on Age of Wonders Planetfall, but it does appear that there won't be any new content for Age of Wonders Planetfall. Speaking of Age of Wonders Planetfall, let's get into the discussion that Ben, Daz Tactic, and I had about Age of Wonders Planetfall, what we liked, what we didn't like, and where we see it going in the future. 
Stay tuned. So now we're back from that brief interruption, and the three of us are here to talk about Age of Wonders Planetfall. Now we're here because Triumph Studios just announced that they are ceasing development on Planetfall. And I don't know if that's the result of maybe their, their natural development cycle, or if they just weren't really too excited about sales, which we can talk about here in a little bit. But we did want to kind of go over what we thought was working for the game, maybe some of our, you know constructive criticism that we could offer and you know talk about the series in general because i know that the three of us really have kind of played this series for quite some time so and i know that the last time we spoke to you daz you were saying that it's one of your favorite series of all time right it is my favorite series of all time and i'd even put planetfall as my favorite game at this stage um it's the game i'm enjoying the most whenever i play it there you go so yeah there's a lot to talk about so first i do want to ask you ben i mean your history with it is a little bit more recent though right yeah, it is. The, f- the first one that I played was Age of Wonders 3, and that was about three years ago, I'd say. I picked it up at the same time that I picked up uh, Fallen Enchantress, and I liked both games, actually. And I, I think I played Fallen Enchantress a little bit more, just Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes, uh, just because it was it felt a little bit more 4X-like. But I really liked the combat in Age of Wonders 3, So, and I liked the character design in Age of Wonders 3 as well. So I, um, when Planet 4 came out, I was really excited. And I've actually gone back and had a look at the older games too, but I was just talking to Daz before we started recording. Um, I was looking at Age of Wonders and Shadow Magic. Um, those two have been recommended to me by people, and I've, I've, I actually want to get around to playing those because they both look really good. Shadow Magic is exceptional, uh, even for, like, I think that came out in 2003 or 2004 or something, so it's it's really, really old now, but it's... Um... They, when Age of Wonders 3 came out, I was actually, I was really disappointed in Age of Wonders 3 compared to Shadow Magic. But having said that, at that stage, I, Shadow Magic, I had modded so heavily. Um, in fact, it was funny. I was, I was on my, I was on Twitch this, two days ago and we were, I was playing Planet Fall and we were talking about the older games and, and we were talking about the mods and uh, it was the Dwigs mod. If anyone is listening in and, and used to play that, that game, the Dwigs mod, so many people that were watching the, the chat oh yeah what a great mod that was you know it's like you know 17 or 18 years ago that that would have sort of actually pretty probably the development of the mod was was since then but god that was it just improved that game so so much i think also like with uh, age of wonder 3 as well i found that age of wonder 3 i didn't really love until like until the mods started to come out and now i've got like a big collection of mods that i play with that i can't play the game without them now that's that for me is like i, I love age of wonder 3 since the mods were there Similar to Shadow, Shadow Magic, I think. But the funny thing is with Planetfall, I mean, we, I know we're going to be talking a lot about Planetfall, but I don't play that with any mods. It's so well balanced uh, for me anyway. Just the whole way it's been constructed, it doesn't need anything extra. So, um, yeah, I just love I love that game. Daz, I'm digressing so much so here right, real quick, but I just wanted to – I'm just curious, you know, if you know, like, the general age groups of your audience. I've, ha- I've had a look every – so often, I don't tend to look at. Um, whenever I tend to look at the at the algorithms and things like that, I tend to then get caught up with trying to improve them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that reflects on what you do, and I don't like it. And so I, I've sort of 
in one sense, I want to do it, but in another sense, I don't. But I, I know that my age, the age group is relatively, like, is is older than most other gamers, basically. I mean, I think that, like, in the demographics, I forget what they, how they are with within YouTube, but uh, the 35-plus age group is is quite high. And I get I know I get a lot of people that are in their 50s and 60s as well that, are, that, that listen in that have played all these games, you know, for, since forever. It's quite funny the comments that sort of I start to get on the YouTube videos, the older YouTube videos that I've, if I redo them, like I've just been doing a Caster of Magic, which is a Master of Magic upgrade, and uh, that's um, yeah, a lot, so many people coming out of the woodwork saying, "Oh, I remember this, I remember that." <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just sort of funny the way it all sort of works. Like it's a really old game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny though because like the thing, the thing with that one was uh, like by the time. Age of Wonders came around, we had the internet and the internet was a big thing. And so patching was not a problem. But with Master of Magic, which was only, what, five years before that, the internet wasn't that much of a big thing. And so all the patches had to be sort of brought out on floppy disks or uh, people were sort of then talking about bulletin boards that they would sort of be part of to get the patches for that game. It's just funny how that five-year made such a difference with the start of the internet. You know, like, so these games are really in a, in a really interesting historic part the time time for the world i guess but also just for gaming like the whole way that the delivery of games sort of because i reckon in that five-year period and i don't know what you guys think of that but the um the game developers didn't seem to have to sort of release a a, a fully patched ready to go game by the by about the year 2000 because of the internet have you sort of felt that as well oh god yeah i remember that transition and it just it, it did feel like there were more developers willing to throw out a game that was less ready and and yeah the, yeah with the anticipation of being able to patch it later yeah I, I totally remember that so that that would have crippled the game early on I mean Master of Magic was really it really damaged I think it really damaged Simtex really that that game came out and people rejected it initially because mm-hmm. at least from the reviews that I've read I think it, yeah. it had the potential to be an incredibly good game but it was just so bugged that you know it just didn't really work. And it was like you say, it was difficult to get the patches out. And that was a real, I think that was a real disappointment because, I mean, look, Master of Magic went on to, it inspired all the Fantasy Forex games pretty much. Like, it, yeah. it, it inspired. It took uh, me a year and a half to patch it. Like, that was, that was a year and a half uh, to actually get that one patched. It was, um, I think that they released the first one in 1994, and it was sort of like mid late 1995 by the time that they actually got to the, what's considered the classic version of Master of Magic. And that was, Pretty much before people were on the internet in any any great great way, you know. Like, and uh, it was yeah. So I think that all of those things were delivered in um, in magazines. Like you'd get the patches basically in your in a disc that would be attached to the magazine. Absolutely. But yeah, no, that's uh, it's funny, isn't it? It's just funny how different things can be within that period. And then Age of Wonders, I don't remember patching that much at all, to be honest. I think that was pretty pretty clean right right when it first sort of came out. It was um, like when it first came out, actually, because I, like, I used to read all the uh, gaming magazines. The reason I bought it was I was reading, it might be PC Gamer or something like that, and I, I saw this, this review for it, and it said it's the best game that nobody knows about, and I'd never heard about it, and that was back in 2000. And so I, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll have a look for that. And sure enough, it was at the um, EB Games or whatever, the, whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know if EB Games was even a thing back then, but whatever the gaming, you know, where you sort of go and buy the games from. And um yeah, from that time, I still remember the first time I, I played Age of Wonders. Just the experience, I just loved it, and um, and they've captured that all the way through. It's still still such a fantastic series. Well, while we're talking about the history of the series, I remember specifically, and, and this is maybe a clouded or jaded memory that just doesn't really <laughs> match up with reality. But I remember the first couple games feeling more like 
the Heroes of Might and Magic series, right? Is that a good comparison? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the map. I guess with the strategic map would have felt that way. Yeah. Yeah, because they were preset and you would go through a series of maps or a series of like missions, really. They just, yeah, they, they felt more constrained, much less 4X, more like a strategy game and in the Heroes of Might and Magic vein. And then with Shadow Magic, I believe that's when they started to become random. And I'm not sure, or you could at least, uh, you know, it conjure up a random map, right? Am I remembering? Got yeah, I, I double checked because we were talking about this before we started talking, uh, before we started recording. And, and you did actually sort of say you think, thought it was Shadow Magic. I couldn't remember where the random maps came in, but that was, I remember the first time I saw the random maps as well. And I think I think you're right, it is Shadow Magic, but I did look it up on, and it did say that that was actually the start of the, the greatness of, uh, you know, for what people sort of consider the Age of Wonders uh, side of things with the random maps. But I still remember the first time I actually generated a random map. It must have been in Shadow Magic. And um, I was so excited. My wife doesn't like computer gaming. <laughs> but I went up, upstairs and said, hey, you got to look at this. Look what they've done. <laughs> and it was just so beautiful. The maps in, in Age of Wonders are just, ever since Age of Wonders 1, the actual visuals are so bright and shiny and beautiful it's just that it's just got such a nice aesthetic to it i used to be, play it and feel happy just with the, you know playing in such a, a pleasant environment it was great that is that's wholesome that's awesome <laughs> so well, <laughs> we are here to, to talk about planetfall and you know you mentioned the offset that we, this is your favorite game i mean your favorite game of all time at this point so I imagine there's a lot of things you want to say about the game that are positive. So I'd really like to talk about, I, I kind of want to pick your brain now to kind of hear what you think is the best parts of Planetfall that really kind of draw you back. It's pretty much the same thing as all the other games um, for uh, in the Age of Wonders series, which is the tactical battles. And for me, the tactical battles are just exceptional. I mean, it's it's one of those things I think that when you sort of think about it, like because they're so involved, the each of the when you go into a tactical battle, you've really got to know what every single unit does which is quite good fun. So it's a really quite a, you know, as I say, each tactical battle can be really, really intense. And But also I think one of the negatives for a lot of gamers is it can take a long time. Now, I like that, but other people wouldn't like that. So, for example, you look at uh, Master of Magic and you've, your battles are going to last a couple of minutes, whereas, um, you know, you play Age of Wonders and, uh, and um, when you're playing a big battle, that can last an hour, you know, just the actual tactical battle itself. So... In that sense, I think that that's one aspect that I like, but I think that a lot of people, a lot of other people, probably don't like that. But also, I think that with Planetfall, where it's really sort of um, hit the straps away from the other Age of Wonder series, is that the different there's four different tiers of units. If people are sort of listening in and don't know how it works, but you've got like your tier ones cost very little. They're usually pretty sort of vanilla and, and fairly weak, and then you get up to tier fours, which are exceptionally strong. Now, in the previous games. It was just a rush to get to tier four units and then make kill stacks out of the tier four units. Whereas in Planet Four, they've, they've sort of now got all these different ways of sort of making the tier one units just as valuable all the way through the game. And so the balance of forces for me in, in Planet Four is exceptional. Like I can't think of a single faction where you really just want to have like a, a kill stack of, of one particular type. You do need to mix it up a little bit. And um, I, I think that's just, they've done such a brilliant job of doing all the things that didn't quite work as well as they could have in the older versions and brought them through into Planetfall. So I'm really hoping that they're actually, if they've, if they've, you know, if they've stopped development on Planetfall now, that they're actually going to be, you know, sort of working on an Age of Wonders 4. <laughs> that would be my biggest wish. Well, and that was my, my next question. Do you, I mean, do you prefer the science fiction setting or do you like the fantasy setting better? I much prefer the fantasy setting. I was actually, I was not expecting to enjoy Planetfall anywhere near as much as what I, I am. 
I was I was thinking, oh, why didn't they just stick to fa- to fantasy? They do they do it so well. But you know, now that I've been playing it, I, I really love what they've done, and I can see this working so well in fantasy again. Like they they can bring all the stuff that they've done in Planet Four and make just such a fantastic fantasy game. So I'm really hoping that they actually do sort of uh, start to work on Age of Wonders Four. I mean, uh, back in the in the early histories with. Um, Age of Wonders, they went from Age of Wonders 1, Age of Wonders 2, then Age of Wonders Shadow Magic. And at that point, they then sort of went off and did the Overlord series, which I I was thinking, hang on, you, you, you know, you do this other stuff so, so well, why go and do this something completely different? So I'm hoping they keep, and then they, you know, eventually they came back to Age of Wonders 3. Uh, then we got Planet Four, so I'm hoping that they just go straight into Age of Wonders um, 4, <laughs> sort of like a fantasy game with all the things that have come out of Planet 4. Because it's just such a, um, it's like what they do with the Age of Wonder series is just so exceptional, in my opinion, anyway. It's it's sort of underrated. It's always been underrated, like with with gaming, but it's just so so pure what they actually get up to. I really really love what they do. So I have two points. First is that uh, you know your point about tactical battles. I think you know that that is a common complaint, and that might have been my biggest complaint up until their new the ability now to retry a battle. So if you can go into now, yeah. you can go into a battle, you can auto-resolve it. And then if you don't like the outcome, you can you can retry it. You can do it yourself. I think yeah. that that changed the playing field for me dramatically because I do think that for a while there, you know, the auto-resolve or relying on the auto-resolve where I didn't want to do a lot of the battles, I was occasionally caught off guard by losing a unit that I was like, no, this shouldn't have happened. <laughs> There's no way, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so, of course, I'd go back and I'd retry it. And yeah, you know, like you take the time then. You you take your moments and you you do the, the things that you know you're supposed to. You set up your, your units the right way and you use the synergies that you have to come out of that. And sometimes it's funny because... I would, you know, there were times where I'd come out and I'd, yeah, I wouldn't lose that unit. And then there were other times where I'd come out and I'd lose half my army, even though half my army wasn't lost to the auto resolve. And yeah, I think that was a, for me, that was a big step in the Age of Wonder series for that. I mean, that in and of itself, that like if you have a game that you have tactical battles in, I feel like that auto resolve with the ability to, you know, retry it on your own is, evolutionary it's amazing i really like it and i hope that they do that going forward too and then the other thing i wanted to say too is that i personally like science fiction better and i knew going into planetfall that i was going to really like the game because science fiction has always done it better for me and it's weird though because i love it i'm not trying to don't i think this is going to come out wrong and i hope it doesn't but having played planetfall and having played the age of wonder series in a science fiction setting i'm with you I want to go back to the fantasy setting <laughs> and, and I want them to do what they did and they learned from Planetfall and put it in a, in their own fantasy world. So I'm, it's funny. I just, I thought I would enjoy it more. I thought I would enjoy science fiction more and playing Planetfall. Maybe we just want to go back to fantasy. I just want to pick up on something you said, Rob, this mechanic that they've got for replaying tactical battles after an auto resolve doesn't work the way you want. I really, really wish they added that to total war because the one thing that kind of that I get fed up with when I'm playing Total War, and I, I pretty much, I'm done with the historical games now for the most part. I, I pretty much just play Warhammer, which I really love. I I really love that game. That's like one of my favorite games. But I really wish that they had that mechanic from from Age of Wonders Planetfall because sometimes the the auto resolve just really shafts you. But at the same time, you don't want to play every single battle because then. Like just like with Planetfall, sometimes you can be having like four or five battles in a turn, and it can get quite get quite exhausting. Daz was saying how um, he thought that some people were complaining that the battles were too long. For me, 
I don't think the battles are so... Uh, it's not the fact that they're long, because they're always exciting. That's the thing. I completely agree that one of the main draws of Age of Wonders is the excellent tactical combat. But the tactical combat in Age of Wonders, for anybody who hasn't played it, from Age of Wonders 3 and Planet 4, which are the main two that I've played, it's as good as nearly any other tactics game I've played. It's that oh, one. It's, it's, better. it's better, Ben. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe so. It's, um, you know... I think it's it's up there with some of the with with some of the best of the tactics games, and because there's just so many options, so many builds, so many different units, you can you can kind of you can steal units from the enemies. So all the sort of neutral units you can actually potentially bring in on board onto your onto your team. It's just so much to it. But my issue was that I found the the sometimes because the, the tactical combat is so engaging, it wasn't that it was so long. It was just because it was quite tiring because it's so exciting and you know really engaging. I actually found that after three or four of them, I'd kind of had enough. And I didn't think that the strategic side of Age of Wonders 3 was quite enough to keep me playing. Whereas Planet 4 fixed that because the 4X side of, of the game is much, much better. Actually, I'm, I'm interested to know, Daz, what do you think about the, the improvements to what I see as the improvements to the strategic side of the game that they, that they brought from, uh, what, that they included in Planet 4 over the previous game? Yeah, well, actually, I think that, like as far as the improvements, actually, maybe if we can go back to that because I think that, that what Rob was talking about there with the um, with the ability to retry your turn, you, you can do that even if you actually play the game. If you play a turn out and you don't like the result, you can go back and still retry it as well. So it's really pro safe scumming, which I actually really really like because so many purists when they play games won't actually safe scum and. Um, and I find that with the game as complex as Age of Wonders, and this is going right, right back to the early games as well, save scumming was really the best way to learn the game. And um, also for me was a, like sometimes the RNG really just kills you in, in, in different sorts of games. And so I I do save scum a lot in Age of Wonders, I've got to say. Like it's, and I, I'm proud to say that. <laughs> I know that it's, I get a lot of, there's no shame. Yeah, a lot of Twitch, uh, when I'm on Twitch, I get a lot of um, a lot of negative comments when I do save scum, but it, I'm, I'm really glad they put it in because it, it encourages it. When you've got the retry button, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to retry this because I know I can do better. And that's how you, I think that's the best way to learn the game. Anyway, that's the that's the, that bit out of the way. I just wanted to say that I was so, so happy when they actually introduced that into Planet Fall because um, I've been playing Age of Wonders that way anyway, just with doing a – I still, by default, just go Control-S to do a quick save before I can do any battle in any, any Age of Wonders game at the moment. <laughs> it goes right, right back to the, probably 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the improvements, so, I mean, the, the big, big one is is bringing in the provinces, like the, the uh, provincial settings where you've got, like, different settings which give you different bonuses within the actual areas themselves. That's just brilliant. It's just so, so much better than anything else that they've done. Like the, the old way was you just had a hex map and you'd then just position your cities. It had a minimum number, a minimum distance between cities, but that was about it, and you could then sort of settle anywhere, whereas... By having provinces, the whole map is sort of mapped out uh, with uh, pros and cons in different areas. Um, the different, it's just for me, it's just fantastic what they've done with it. That's that's probably the biggest improvement. One of the other ones, which uh, again, people either love it or hate it, is the way that the combat is worked out. It goes back almost to Age of Wonders two sort of combat, which I don't mind it, but it's a bit more, it's it's a bit too complicated. Like I think in in one sort of sense, if you're used to Age of Wonders three, it sort of um, throws you throws you off a little bit with the way the combat is sort of like this is the actual die rolls themselves like the you've got like a two hit factor 
and then you just do the damage basically if you get to hit. And so it's sort of it works, but it's uh, uh, for me a little bit clunky because you've got the chance to to get a graze, which doesn't really sort of show itself anywhere in the in the calculations on the screen. But I think that that's still positive. I think the way that they actually introduced uh, flying units in a planetfall above all the others was great to make them so that they're not too overpowered. I was really worried before the game came out that because it was going to be sort of sci-fi that you'd end up with these really powerful flying units that nobody could actually do anything about. And that's not the case. The balance is fantastic. I think also the the fact that the actual cities aren't uh, these massive fortresses that are almost impossible to take over. So the battles now are just so, so well balanced with Age of Wonders Planet 4 because of the way that they've structured the the way that the, when you attack a city, it's still hard, but nowhere near like what it used to be in Age of Wonders 3 or, be, or before that. Uh, so, no, I think they've done a fantastic job of just all the little things that, that needed to be looked at. They've actually fixed them up. But talking about the sci-fi setting, the one thing I didn't like about it when it first came out was I'm thinking sci-fi for me, You've got to go from planet to planet. I know that there's so many games don't do that, like Gladius doesn't do it, uh, Shadow Empires doesn't do it, but I felt that you needed to have a way of actually going from planet to planet, and it's only recently that they've brought in that Galactic Empire mode, which then does do that. So it's sort of, uh, for me, that sort of does make it more exciting. But I thought they could do more with the sci-fi area, and they didn't really do take that to any great extent. Yeah, and that was my issue, right? Like I, like I said, going into the game, I was really excited about the science fiction setting and I, th- I think part of my issue was, I mean, yeah, they didn't lean heavily into it enough that really kind of made me excited for it. But I also, I- I'm someone who just really doesn't, like, if you're if you're going into a sci-fi setting, I'm really not into human, like, multiple human factions. You know, you can have one or two, maybe three. With Planetfall, they, they leaned really heavily into, like, offshoots of humans. And, you know, I, mean, I know that they had the Kirko and the... The Shikaran? Is that how you pronounce it? I guess I guess. Oh, Shikaran, yeah. 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 The the lizard men. And but then but they, they stopped short of kind of going any more alien than that. And I really wish that they had done more with that. Because I've science fiction is rooted really deeply for me in learning alien cultures and then kind of like just experiencing what would what what would something like that be for? Like I love the the backstory that they've created, right? That, that they've done this great job of creating this world where all this can exist and it feels, you know, it feels natural. It feels great. And, you know, the Kirko have their place and the Shikarn have their place and it fit well within this, this universal lore that they'd created. But I wish they just figured out ways to introduce more aliens, whether it be, I don't, I don't care. I don't care how they did it. I just wish there was more, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Actually, it's a bit like it's a, at the moment. It's a bit like the BattleTech universe, isn't it? Really, where BattleTech is basically just a, the humans took over the galaxy and then they fragmented into little factions, which is pretty much what's the backstory is for Planet Four. Each uh, faction for me plays so differently. Like I, I don't, I don't see a problem with what it is, but I can get what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, the assembly play much differently than the Vanguard, and you know, like you you, you go through any of them, and they, I feel, and we, I want to talk more about that here in a bit, but I do want to to address something that I think you brought up that that was something that I, I've just always really appreciated, and that was the the addition of the provincial system, the provinces. You know, I think that's one carryover from Endless Legend that I think I'm okay with seeing in every game. There's something about provinces in a forex game that make things feel just a bit more manageable i mean even shadow empire in, in ways has kind of adopted this you know mechanic or mechanism and i really like it because in this case you're right like exploring the map and then finding these new provinces and the excitement of finding a province was something really great in it right like something one of those 
ancient relics or like, you know, an old factory or something like that, that was, you know, really going to boost your economy was really exciting. And I thought they they did a great job of doing that. And man, God, they they look so good. Like the map in Planetfall (laughs) is just so damn pretty. And it was also really cool because I think that worked in really well towards the exploration aspect because you could almost immediately tell when you found something good because of course there was it was well graphically represented so it was just something where you know you'd explore you'd find a new province and then you're like oh crap that's somewhere i can explore oh good you know i zoom out and i can see oh it's going to be something that that might help my industry really well and then you know you click on it and you see you know this huge boost to your industry if you take it and that that addition to this game was was yeah i would say a huge positive and a huge step forward for asia wonders I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I think it's fantastic. Did of you guys have um, an issue with the with the map clutter when the game was released? Because that was the one gripe that I had about it was that I found that the graphics are really good and it, it is really detailed, and but I found the map quite busy. And like for me, I kind of like stuff more like Shadow Empire, where it's a little bit more abstracted, so that I can kind of quickly scan over you know the the sort of pertinent information and maybe it's just me that i've just not played it en- enough but for example that's one of the reasons why i like roguelike games with things like ascii because i you know i can quickly determine what what something is very quickly and you know understand what game mechanics it's showing at me whereas i found with planetfall because the graphics are so good i just kind of found it a little bit busy did, did either of you feel that way yeah the very first time i played it actually i, I felt that I, because i was unfamiliar with it and so i, I get what like, i think if someone's coming into the game it's going to almost feel overwhelming and I, it's funny you say that because um like you know with the experience that you're actually having with it because i felt exactly that when i first started playing it and, th- and i thought oh god this is really hard to figure out what's where and what does what and how it all sort of fits but if you just scroll back out you've then got the three different tabs like military economics and i forget what the third one is i never look at the third one but uh, the other two will actually give you very very good information from that more abstracted view and so you can see exactly what's in in play in the different provinces and the other thing that I didn't really grasp for a little time when I started playing it was that the the limits of when you build a city because you can only add like when you when you build a city in a province you've then got like you can only build four more provinces attached to that city so you can only sort of capture four more unless you sort of get other things like there's uh, different sorts of uh, resources that you can get to extend it but uh, that's only just come in, in recently in the game but that's actually something when you zoom out and look at the provincial view of the map. You can then start to plan where you need to have your cities. And I think that that's actually something that when you first start playing it, you're not thinking in those sort of terms because um, – but now I think it's just like like thinking about it now, sort of uh, going through the process, it's one of the first things I do when I, when I get into the map is just automatically look, okay, that's, that's where my potential cities will be to make use of that extra four provinces. And I think that that's actually something that yeah, I guess it really just as the more you play it, the more you sort of look for that. But I think I, I get what you're saying, but just scrolling out, I still do that whenever I'm trying to plan because it's uh, it makes it so much clearer to sort of see exactly what's where. I think I found myself doing that actually, and you're quite right. The what I would call the cloth map, and I call it that because that's what it was in Fallen Enchantress. When you zoom out, it's got this different layer, right, and it's a more sort of strategic layer, and that's really good. They, especially since the update, they there was an update recently where they changed all of that and they they took some of the clutter out of that map because originally it wasn't as good as it is now and i think that they've kind of they removed they just made it a little bit neater and tidier and i really appreciate that it's definitely a big improvement it's definitely a big improvement over age of wonders 3 certainly yeah i think it's uh, i can't play age of wonders 3 without playing with lots and lots of mods in it 
and uh, and that's been for many many years. I can't I can't even remember what the base game of Age of Wonders three looks like. It's um, <laughs> it, I, because I've been I've been playing modded modded versions of it like for so so long, which has really made the game into a great great game. But Planetfall, I don't I don't have to mod that at all. Like it's um, I just play vanilla because it's just so so well balanced. And I uh, I keep on looking for mods to see if there's anything new out there, but there's nothing that that Im- improves the game, <laughs> in my opinion, anyway. I'd say the modding community isn't quite as strong with Planetfall as it was with Age of Wonders 3, but you're right. I, I've often looked at the workshop and looked at the various areas you can find mods, and I've never really seen anything that really stuck out to me that made me want to play Planetfall with it. And, you know, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I know that there's a lot of things that I could say that are, are great, and I would agree with Daz on a lot of those. I think that, you know, it was a step forward in a lot of ways, and... I do want to know kind of what your thoughts are on the city management itself, because there were a lot of people that that liked the more simpler city management of Age of Wonders 3 and hated the city management from Planetfall and felt that it was, you know, unnecessary busy work. What what do you guys think of that? I I don't have a problem with it um, now. Again, I'm trying to think back to what it was like when I first started playing it. And it it did seem a bit overwhelming. And the one thing that used to really confuse me was that I would set like, you know, if, if, if I've sort of ran out of things to build, I would then just tell it to go and, and generate energy or generate research. And I didn't I didn't work out, I couldn't figure out whether that was something where, like it's in the old games, you'd actually just tell it how many turns to do it or you would then just tell it to just do it on repeat. And so you and you ended up with most of your cities doing that, whereas that's not really the case in Planetfall. But, but when you do select one of those little things to generate energy, it'll do it for a number of turns, maybe sort of five turns, and then prompt you again and i actually really like that and when i first started playing i didn't like it but i do now because it means that at some point your city will have to be there'll be other improvements that will then be available for it so i quite like it because it allows you to specialize your city so you end up with with a way of actually making and, and you could do that with eight to one to three as well like you could certainly specialize your cities and that was the best way to play it but Planet falls the same for me. I, I actually don't have a problem with the way that you build up your city so i think it's i think it's done very very well you have any thoughts ben not really on the planet management. I mean, I think, I, again, it was one of those things that I found, I didn't find it that intuitive. And I think part of the problem, and this is something that Daz kind of hinted at, is that I think when you come to play Planetfall, if you if you come from a 4X game background, it is significantly different to other 4X games. So the whole the whole system with regions, for example, when Zaz is saying, you know, you you kind of zoom out, check to see where your cities are going to go because you want to place them strategically so that they, you know, so that you can plan your trajectory. Your city gains access to um, adjacent zones in a, in a sort of pattern, doesn't it? And you're going to be like, okay, well, I want that one. Then I'm going to want this one. And I need to be certainly spaced out in a certain way. Now, this is something that you kind of do with all 4X games. Like with Civ, you kind of do it. But the region system makes it a lot easier to do. And I think that everything about Planetfall is kind of modern in a sense because the city management works in, in a similar way. You kind of set the core of your city to you know to produce a certain kind of resource and that kind of gives the you know like an initial thrust of what what you're going to do with that city but you don't necessarily have to take it in that specialized direction it's not like say fallen enchantress legendary heroes where you literally say okay this is going to be a research city and then you know it kind of like locks you into that kind of building chain it doesn't really work quite like that i don't think in in planetfall you kind of decide what you want to build in your adjacent zones kind of depending on what you know what the resources are around it's just a more modern approach on in a genre that we've kind of got a little bit stuck in our ways with in a sort of civ style of things that could be a little bit confusing if you're coming at the game as a new player from 
from playing stuff like Save and Endless Legend. Yeah, actually, just uh, just picking up on the differences between uh, the city management from a game like Fallen Enchantress as opposed to uh, to Planetfall. Uh, I think you're dead right. Like it's in, in Falling Enchantress, when you had to specialise those cities, it was a big decision to make. And it was a very, very important decision because you couldn't step back from that. Whereas in Planetfall, you do have flexibility around the specialisation. So the specialisation is a lot more grey, a lot more insipid, I guess, in, in sense of, of the way it works. I almost, I can see why you can't do that with Planetfall, particularly for your home city. But it, I would love that aspect actually to be added to to that, it's something like where it does become more specialised, like Fallen Enchantress. I think that Fallen Enchantress did that one very, very well because it was a, such an important decision. And you've got vague ways of sort of pushing it that way when you do play Planet 4, but nothing like the black and white sort of decisions you have to make, you know, fairly early on with your city placement in, in Fallen Enchantress. I think that's a very, very good point. Yeah, and I'd agree too. And, I, you know, something else I want to talk about too is, the research and i think that the research tree was something that was also kind of polarizing among the community and in our steam forums there was quite a debate as to whether or not the research tree was an upgrade or really necessarily maybe let's put it this way a lot of people thought that it was unnecessarily crowded and difficult to parse and parse through and i i would say that i agree with that a bit and you know and the reason i do is because i feel like a lot of times i mean there's there's a difficulty with with a science fiction tech tree first off the bat like there's like anytime you make a science fiction tech tree you're going to have problems with people understanding it because it's not a historical one and it's a little bit more difficult to understand like what does what and what gives me what but in this case it just for me it felt a little too crowded because there were there were literally like four different militaristic ones and then there's like you know the i guess the civilian research tree as well and that's a lot to kind of wrap your head around again. And it's one of those things that I know we've kind of harped on a few times where when you first get into a game and you're not really understanding it, that, you know, it, it is a kind of a turnoff, right? It was difficult for me at first to understand, all right, well, these are good technologies. This would work well. And, you know, you really have to have a really deep understanding of the game mechanics, especially the combat mechanics to start understanding where you go in that tree to start building up synergies and to allow for the things you've chosen, like the the racial path and the difficulty in understanding like where the synergies lie within your your racial pick and your secret technology pick. I mean that takes that takes many games. And I think that's again a barrier to entry for a lot of people. I think a lot of people bounced off. And I know I know this not because you know, it's not, it's something that we've talked about within our discord, but it's also something that's been said and brought up a lot in the forums about, about all this kind of creating a, a difficulty in getting into this game. Yeah, just quickly, I want to say, do you think this is a defining feature of Age of Wonders? Because it's, I think the overall complexity of the game can be a little bit off-putting. Like, it's not just the tech tree that, you know, the, the complexity in that. Because it's so, like Rob was saying, with the combinations of, of you know, your your race and then the secret tech that you've got, it really adds a lot of combinations. And it's exactly the same with the tactical combat. And the modding system in Planetfall also in, it increases the complexity to the nth degree with the, there's so many different possibilities and combinations do you think that's kind of a defining feature of age of wonders planet four do you think that is they've kind of like ramped up the complexity even over age of wonders three and if you can get into it it's awesome but maybe it's a little bit off-putting for two newcomers yeah i think that's a very very good point it's certainly the i think that's why i love it so much to be honest is the modding system which then ties but i think the tech trees were split into those two different areas because the 
the military tech was mainly geared around getting uh, either doctrines, so you can use them in combat, or mods for the units. Uh, and then the civilization, like the civ tree was basically, uh, you know, was there for the rest of your your empire. So I can see why they split it up. But for me, I, I don't know, like now that I'm playing it, I'm, um, and I know that when I first started it, I had no idea what mods I wanted to put on units. And I guess that, that for a new player, that is actually a bit daunting. But when you start to sort of play it, like, for example, uh, um, if you are a new player playing the game, strongly, strongly suggest that you play as Vanguard, as the actual faction, which is your... It's sort of like your base human faction, and I don't normally like playing human factions. But um, and I guess probably the three of us don't actually. With what we, you know, with what Rob was saying there before about alien races as well, I tend not to pick the human races. But in this case, they've got incredible mechanical forces. They've got sort of like great mechs. They've got really, really. It's a really good faction, uh, and it's and it makes the most sense, I think, for a new player to play the game. It's the most basic sort of uh, basic combat, basic shooting. And so you can sort of get used to the game by just playing Vanguard, but then adding into that one something like the fire, like Promethean, is gives you sort of like fire abilities as well. And you don't have to mix it in too much, but if you start off just by playing the game when you first start playing it with those with that faction, you pick it up instinctively, whereas the other ones, once you start to add in like the Celestians, which are more religious or... Um, you know, these other sort of secret texts that, that do come in, it, it then does ramp up the complexity. But I think if you started off just getting used to one combo at the start and either look, either playing that one or the Kirko, which is your bug race, uh, they're a good a good one to go with as well uh, because they sort of make sense. But it's you can sort of instinctively understand what they're up to. So starting off that way I think is good because then you get used to, okay, well, how do I need to mod up my basic units to make them effective against X, Y, or Z the, uh, so you go, Rob, I'm using Z rather than Z. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> X, Y, or Z for the, uh, for the, um, you know, for the different sorts of threats that you're going to be facing. Because when you, when you come across a, like another player, when you figure out, oh, they're going to be using uh, their weak against, say, for example, uh, arc damage, you know, which is sort of does like electrical damage, then you can then go and think, okay, well, whereabouts on the mod tree? Am I going to get the best bang for buck to actually fight those sorts of units? Or if they're using arc damage, what protections can I get from the tech tree? So I think once you start to marry up what the strategic map and what the uh, what's around you is starting to throw at you, you can then sort of start to plan in the tech tree. But it is it is big and it is daunting, but it is actually it's something that I notice again when I'm streaming. Quite often the discussions are where do we head to get you know, what we need within a reasonable amount of time to boost the basic units or to boost any of the units really to sort of then make the best um, best addition to the forces that we actually have. And it's I find that really, really interesting. I, I do now anyway. And at the start, it was sort of like a bit of a, you're a bit lost, like a bit of a sort of, you know, wandering around with, you know, big wide eyes thinking, what, what do I start with? But I think that as you just by picking one faction that you get used to, it I think it starts to really make a lot of sense very quickly. And I think Vanguard, pretty much Vanguard with anything, but Vanguard Promethean is the probably the simplest, most intuitive way to actually play the game. I think. I just say I really enjoyed playing with the Vanguard, and I know they are they look like a kind of vanilla human faction, and I guess that they are. But they, I've, I've always found them interesting. You can build them in so many different ways. Um, you know, it, I think that game, even if there was if it was just that one faction, if you limited yourself just to that one faction, there's so many different ways that you could play it, especially with all the different secret tech combinations that 
you know, it's, it's actually quite interesting. Like, you've got all the walkers. You can build, like, Air Force-type stuff. You can focus very heavily on, I guess, with all the races, but you can focus very heavily around your heroes. You can have, like, super, like, close combat heroes with it. Yes, yeah, I, I really enjoyed using the uh, Vanguard. I like the Devar as well. I think I played with them yeah. the first, and I thought that they were a really good fun faction. I think you're right. Everyone wants to play the Devar because they're the, the dwarf. There's a space dwarf, so... um and I don't know why dwarves are so popular now. Like they weren't back, you know, twenty or thirty years ago. They weren't sort of the, the faction that people would rush to, but they are now. And the Devar is extremely defensive, so you can actually play a a very defensive game playing as a Devar and do quite well. Well, that leads well into my my next question was that I was going to ask you both if you had a favorite faction that you choose more often than not. Um, I don't. Um, I, I do I, look. I probably, in terms of enjoyment, I think it's probably is Vanguard, and that's sort of it's sort of funny for me to say that because I, I don't usually play the human races, but I just I do like what exactly what Ben said there before. The combination of how you can structure a Vanguard force is just so open and so diverse. Whereas the other factions, you all tend you get tend to get locked a little bit into an approach. But having said that, like with the secret text, like if you go and get the Heritage Secret Tech, for example, which is sort of like almost your undead sort of style way of playing, you you end up, you've either got the choice of playing with the faction that you're playing with or going full on undead. And that's really, really powerful as well. So there's, I don't know, there's just so many different ways to play the game. It's um, it's brilliant. And I think that that's so much of, of the enjoyment comes from actually trying to get past the the challenges that the actual planet will throw at you. And so actually having these sorts of things come in that way is just fantastic. I just, as I say, I, I can't play the game enough because, you know, every time you play it, there's just so many different ways you can take the game. And even when you start a game with a faction, you've still got so many different ways that you can then choose to go within the mod tree. But the tech tree is split into, as you say, into the four. You've got one that's just for your faction, but then you've got the two different sorts of weapon types that your faction would then use. And you plus then you've got the secret tech as well. So you can start to specialise your forces in different ways. And I just think that's just done so so well like it, when you get used to the game but initially that would be fairly daunting but it, it really does make the game just so replayable time after time after time we've not even spoken about the npc factions either and they, they add another dimension to the potential build that you can go uh, just to answer rob's question i don't really have a favorite faction actually but i've got to admit i haven't really played the uh, what's the lizard man faction called the Shikan? The Shikan. I haven't played them yet, and I've not really... I've, I've had a quick go with the most recent one, the Starbound, or the Oathbound. Oh, the Oathbound? Um, yeah, the Oathbound, but I think the ones... I, and I can't play the Kirko. <laughs> I had to ask Kirko's one of the Yeah, yeah, right. I can't, I can't play them to save my life. I've not really tried them properly, but I, I think I probably... I think I probably enjoyed Vanguard best as well. I like Syndicate as well. Is it Syndicate? Yeah, the the sort of sneaky ones. Yeah, yeah, right. I think um, I like those a lot as well because I really like their. I, I like the fact that you've got these kind of shielded units. Syndicate reminded me a little bit of House Ordos from um, from the Dune series. So oh, when yeah. when I saw those, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, they, these are kind of like these sort of mercenary, wealthy, ugly arc type characters, you know, with using slave units or um, like kind of mind controlled and stuff. I thought that was such a cool, such a cool thing for the lore, man. It was really interesting. So I think I might pick those. Even though I haven't played them as much, the only the only I've only the only game I've ever finished actually <laughs> was when I first played, and I played it with the um, uh, the assembly, and I I I, I won the game with assembly uh, the first time round, and I actually got a the kind of Armageddon victory, you know, where you use your sort of 
Oh yeah, secret yeah. tap. Uh, I can't. I forget which <laughs> one it was now, but I that was so much fun. Like I, I kind of got the tech victory basically, and sort of turtled up and took out my closest rival, and then unleashed this kind of doomsday weapon. I think it was the biotech <laughs> one, and it was just really good fun. Yeah, no, it's 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 funny. Like I think with the new the addition to the Galactic Empire way of playing the game as well. Like I, I'm feeling like I want to finish the each each uh, planet now. Like it's like like a pro- progression of planets. And it's really, really interesting because when you go into that, you then sort of have to choose what the vagaries of the, each planet actually is. And they can be dramatically different from planet to planet, like what they actually can do. And um, I just find that whole combination now is just so interesting. And so uh, it's funny to hear that you have only ever finished one game of it because um, <laughs> I find that when I'm playing Galactic, the Galactic side, it's the, the games don't go much beyond about 100 turns, which I like as well. So they're not, they're not dramatically long. And... Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just it just it just captures my imagination. The fact that you can actually play on planets that have got such different sort of problems when you play galactic, the galactic mode. It's uh, yeah, very very cool for me. Yeah, I don't always finish many four X games to be honest. So that's not that's not a slur on Age of Wonders Planetfall at all. Um, I, I've got like over a thousand hours in both Total War Warhammer games combined, and I've only ever finished one campaign. So <laughs> that's just me, I think. <laughs> I was just going to say to Das's point too, that they're also very different aesthetically. So like each time you go into a new world, it just feels unique and, and alien. So I just really like that about that too. So I'm with them. I really like the Galactic Empire mode. I think it's the only time where I felt really compelled to keep playing, you know, like before, like you'd play a game, you'd play a campaign, you know, random scenario, whatever. And you'd, you know, generate your map and all that. And you'd play it. And, you know, for me, I'd step away for a little while. And this time and with the Galactic Empire stuff, I, feel, I do feel compelled to keep playing and to try a new map and to keep going because of these cool new bonuses you gain. And, you know, mm. it, it feels a lot more cohesive. And I like that a lot. And I do. I'm, I'm with you. I think that that really kind of encourages players to come back and, and actually win, win, win a map, which is something that I don't do very often. Yeah, I don't normally do win, do the wins either, except for except for Age of Wonders because they don't they don't take forever to play, and um, like they still take a long time, but nothing like as you say, you know, like the Warhammer games. So I've never finished a sorry a Total War game. Um, I've never finished any of those ever um, because it just goes on for too long. But the um, Age of Wonders, like you sort of end up getting to a point where if you start to win big, you accelerate so quickly anyway, you can sort of finish the game within a within a small number of turns. If you're struggling, then, you know, like it, it does become a bit of a grind, but you didn't, then didn't just tend to be crushed anyway. So I find that it really does sort of sort itself out. I, I don't think I've ever had a game go beyond 120 turns uh, in Age of Wonders, in, in Planetfall anyway. And I just think that that's, for me, it's, um, you know, when I'm playing, when I'm doing a recording, like I can get usually get it done maybe in three or four sessions, I think, or maybe a bit longer than that, but it's not sort of too, not too daunting. As you say, the progression now with progression system that they have where you can start to bring in different units and planning that ahead before you go into the actual planet thinking okay i'm going to be needing like in the in the current game that i'm streaming on twitch i've got a um i'm on a planet which has got these what are called rpr units which are these sort of robots these death robots that sort of go around and kill all life on planets and um so they've got like heaps and heaps of these rpr towers across the planet which is sort of like a just a unique setting for the planet, and then they spawn these absolute death death groups of um, of these RPR robots that sort of then wander around trying to sort of uh, kill you. And so, going into that planet, I knew I had to sort of take in forces that would actually be good with arc damage, which is what you know robots can't sort of handle that. So, the secondary elements that I brought in, I was playing Vanguard, but I then brought in some Devar robots as well because 
I knew that they would be good against them. And so it's just really, really cool to be able to sort of mix and match your forces a little bit as well. So you end up with these hybrid forces. And even with the Devar units, like I set them up at the start to bring them in. But you've then got to go back and think, if there's any other Devar on the planet and we end up at war, all these all these forces that I bring in are going to then you know, basically leave me. <laughs> so you've then got to go through and find out every other person on the planet, okay, there's no Devar, great, I can start bringing in these robots. You know, it's just... It's just such a cool game. I just love the way it works. Yeah, and to answer my own question, I wanted to come back and be the guy that actually really did enjoy the Kirko. They were my favorite, and you know that they were mainly my favorite because I really like melee melee focused factions, and they managed to make the Kirko in this game like actually really good against what's clearly a you know science fiction you know in a science fiction setting you'd imagine that ranged weapons would always kind of be king, and the the Kirko did a really good job of. I thought of of overcoming that range deficit with their ability to swarm and usually were able to produce like many more units than you could in just about any other faction. And, you know, I I really liked the swarm mechanics. I really thought that, you know, that that the whole melee affinity for the Kiriko really worked well for the, for them. And I I liked it a lot. So Ben, having never played the Kiriko, I played enough of them for you, sir. (laughs) It's funny you say that Robert about that. You, you like the melee uh, side, uh, Ben, do you, are you the opposite? Do you prefer the uh, more long-ranged sort of defensive style of play? Well, you know, look, my my avatar on Discord's a corn berserker, <laughs> so yeah, I, I actually like the I, I generally like close combat stuff in these games. I like to get up close and personal. So the the Kirko really appealed to me, but the issue is that I actually found them just a little bit difficult at first because. Is you, you, there's a bit of a knack to using them, I gather. And I had a long discussion with one of the guys on our on the Explorinate Discord, and he told me how to play them, and I've, <laughs> I've forgotten. So I'm going to have to go back and kind of look it all up. But so if Mormon, yeah. if you're listening, sorry, man. I, 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 he, he gave me like a, a half an hour lecture on how to use the Kirko, and, uh, and it kind of went in one ear and out the other. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I do like the Kirko, but I do prefer um, ranged attacks. So that's why for me the Vanguard is just such a great faction to actually have but the um the Kirk, i do really love playing as the kirko particularly actually the uh the Sinumbra, you know the uh sort of like the 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 one where they've got the uh the infected pustules and stuff like that because they're also incredibly good for melee so sort of combine them all up together and you end up with an incredibly powerful faction yeah no that, that was about to say i was about to say it's really good with this the Sinumbra, and then you know, again, when you start to, we, we kind of glanced over this, but we, we start to pair them up with those minor factions, those, they, you know, you, you choose something that might actually kind of complement them, you know, one of the ones that have better ranged weapons, and you can make a really strong army out of them. The ranged ones, if you if you get the growth faction with the Kirko, you've got an unstoppable force with the bees, with those plants that sort of end up, you know, where they're sort of lobbing these different uh, things out. Yeah, it's just incredible. The only faction, the only NPC faction I really hate is the Therans, which is the new faction. I just absolutely, there for me are the halflings. And the only the only redeeming feature about having the Therans in the game as NPCs is that they weren't brought in as actual playable faction. That's the only good thing about them. <laughs> it would be worse if they were a playable faction. They're just, they are the space hobbits for me. I just hate them. <laughs> well, at least it makes it an easy choice for you. Like you always have to choose like who you're going to take. And if you see the Therians, you can just be like, all right, that's, <laughs> they're not them. So, <laughs> Well, I've got, sometimes you've got no choice. Like if they're the first one you come across, you almost have to placate them at the start because you're not strong enough to, uh, to fight them. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, but I really, really don't. I just I don't like that faction at all. I, I, that's something I just wish that somebody would mod 
that into something that would make more sense, like what they did in, in Shadow Empire, you know, when uh, going right way, way back to 2003. But they had shadow creatures, the, the ones that were from space, where they had like a whole shadow realm. So you had these spaceships with, you know, it essentially had like a sci-fi action, which didn't work at all. Like it was really just a, a really crappy way to sort of play the game, in my opinion, anyways. But you could then get people, that people then built a mod to get rid of them and replace them with other factions that made more sense. And so I think it, they, I forget what it was modded into, but it, it ended up being such a good way to play it because they, it, you know, it sort of made more sense. And I think that the theorems for me, I just wish that someone would mod that into something made more sense than what the, what it is. I really don't like them. Like that's the <laughs> one thing. Which game is it, Daz? Sorry, which game is it? Because you said Shadow Empire, but um, I think, did you mean something else? Oh, sorry. No, sh- sh- uh, what is it? The Age of Wonders Shadow Magic. Shadow Magic. Oh, yeah, okay. sorry. Shadow Magic, yeah. So the old, um, not Shadow Empire. <laughs> sorry, I'm loving that game as well. But uh, yeah, Shadow Magic, which was the third game, actually. So the it was Age of Wonders 1, Age of Wonders 2, then, then Age of Wonders Shadow Magic. And in that one, they introduced these, these this, this, like the shadow realm of these aliens that would sort of come onto the into the fantasy world. And then you had like a shadow area that you go like a third i think a third layer on the map i think i had like a the um the, the you know above ground below ground and then the shadow realm and it just it just didn't work well but then somebody did mod it and i can't even remember what it was modded to but it then made more sense i used to just mainly play with that one turned off anyway because it and that was good to be able to turn it off i just wish that you can turn the theorems off if you're playing a a, a normal game of, of, of Planet Fall, but unfortunately, you can't turn them off if you're playing the Galactic Empire mode. They can still come into the mix. I noticed well, that it was. I'm pretty sure it was after you complained about Galsiv Three not being able to turn off some of the factions that that Brad actually added that to the game. Because I remember you you were, <laughs> you were complaining about the uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was the Star Control factions, and you were like, "Oh, it's a real shame because the mechanics on some of these factions are really good, but I just hate them bloody squirrels." And yeah. um, I, I noticed that, like, <laughs> I noticed that the next time they did an update, about three or four months later, they'd actually fixed it so that you could you could actually, um, you know, you could cut out the the halfling factions basically. <laughs> what well, were this yeah. topic, by the way? I, just want, I, I think we yeah, I think we figured out the common denominator. He just doesn't like mammals. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> like he doesn't like furry mammals. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, like, the yeah. first came in. Like one of my favorite movies is Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, with Rocket, and uh, I just love that that movie. And when I saw it first saw the theorems, I thought, ah, oh, this is so cool. They've they've brought in sort of like Rocket and all the guys from Guardians of the Galaxy sort of style of playing. But it ended up just being a halfling faction, and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, you, you've got PTSD from these halflings, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a thing that in um, that. We were talking to Lucid Tactics the other day, and Lucid Tactics has got his own map for Dominions called Lucid's Atlas, and it's kind of like there's loads of in jokes in there basically, and all the provinces have got names from various games and various you know famous YouTubers who play it, and one of the one of the uh, provinces is uh, is called I forgot what it was called now it's called Daz or something or other, but it's basically based around Daz, and uh, it's guarded by this big two headed ogre called Anetin, and he's got loads of halflings. I <laughs> know. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's like tooled up with all these magic items but yeah he's he's got all these halflings around and i'm absolutely certain that lucid knows about daz's absolute <laughs> hatred for halflings <laughs> you know it's funny though i i almost made the mistake and, and maybe it would have been more fun this way and, and gotten a little heated but i was i was actually going to make the point that i thought that at least at a level of like faction design i thought some of the the npc factions were better than the 
the actual factions themselves. Like, I mean, I think the growth is great. I would love to play as a plant faction. And, you know, I'd like to see like really different and something very asymmetric in their gameplay. That, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I also believe that same thing with the Scyfish. If you would have some way that the Scyfish could be a part of a normal game of Planetfall, I think that'd be great. And I think yeah. that Therians yeah. themselves, like, I know that it's kind of ridiculous to think that, like, all right, some, like, dude decided to, like, fuse animal DNA with humans. But, like, whatever. It's it's different. And I, I like the idea. I mean, and I'm with you. I The actual NPC faction themselves, I don't really like taking. And I'm not really, you know, I, I don't try to, if I cannot help it, I try not to appease them. They're not the ones I would take. But... Yeah, yeah. Look, I think you hit the nail on the head for me as well. I love the idea of them. I, I like the idea of them actually being in the game, but I hate the execution of them. I hate the <laughs> um, as you get as you get higher up the level, they, they just become more and more ridiculous. And um, yeah, it, but you're right. Like the like the growth faction, the autonoms are fun on their own as well. The growth faction, if you're playing on a um, on an on an ocean world, like where you've got like lots and lots of ocean, the plant. Uh, the plant faction can just go straight across because it's actually you know it swims and and walks walks on the land as well. So they like just having a, a, a stack of just those is fantastic. So um, no, there's some really really good synergies. But yes, Therans are just probably the only one. I, I actually and the um, and the spacer faction as well, like the Mad Max style group. I, I don't like them as well. I tend to try to you know avoid them and, and avoid the Therans. But everyone else I like. <laughs> it's, it's I feel I actually feel that way about the spacers. In every game that I can, I will kill them. I, I don't know why. I, I, it's something about them. It's something about the way they talk, like their dialogue. I, I just hate them from the get-go, and I just want to eliminate them. So I'm with you there. And so I we're, we're kind of getting up there on time. There's a couple things I still want to talk about, so I, I want to kind of move into it real quick. And I, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to maybe direct this towards you first, Daz, and ask you, what is it that you think that could be improved upon? I know you said that they've done a lot to kind of fix some of the underlying issues that were there with age of wonders three but where if they go to age of wonders four where do you think they could go and and still improve upon with this formula um i think probably just lots of little things like you know things like the um being able to actually turn off factions completely like like the uh theorems, you know, just so you don't ever have to see them in the game again would be would be great like if you could actually really micromanage that sort of style of thing um I think as far as for their own sake, they do need to do a better job of, of making it more approachable. Like we've spoken about what it's like when you first start playing the game and it's only when you start playing it a lot that you start to love the game. And um, that's not good for a game. A game should be enjoyable right from the very first time you play it and it's probably is too daunting and I don't know how you'd address that, but I think that is actually a very, very valid things to sort of look at. But the rest of it, I think that what they've done is just, just done such a good job of balancing the game through Actually, one thing I think that they really should look at doing is, and people are, are screaming for this, is to bring in more DLCs or bring in other changes with the game. Actually, one, sorry, another thing with that, I'll talk about the DLC in just a minute, but there is one as aspect of which I really wish that they would change, which just drives you nuts when you're trying to play the game, is that you can, when you're trying to move a, 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 group, a, a unit to get a shot on another unit, all you do is you get these coloured Xs above the target unit, um, giving an indication as to what the amounts would be. I'd much prefer that to actually be numbers, so you can see what the percentage is, rather than having these um, having these crosses. Without like the only other way of doing it is to actually move, then have a look what the percentage is, and then undo the move. And that's it's just clunky. But but going back to the um, to the DLC, uh, I know that, that when when Paradox, uh, you know, basically sort of brought Triumph into the into the Paradox sort of realm, 
there was a lot of kickback in the community, uh, the Age of Wonders community, about the fact that you know Paradox games tend to have a hell of a lot of DLCs. And so Triumph sort of as, as part of the, my understanding is anyway that part of their uh, agreement that they had with Paradox is that there would be a set number of DLCs, a set development process, and it would not be, there would be no creep on that. And unfortunately, we're now in a position where the game could really do with some more DLC. Everyone would love to see it, but that that initial agreement with Paradox is now stopping them from doing it because they didn't want to end up with this bloat of uh, DLC <laughs> for the actual game. But one or two more would be just so, so welcome because they've done such a good job. Every every change they've made to the game has been such a positive thing. So I think one of the changes would be to actually, uh, actually you know, for them to keep on developing if, if they could. And Ben, what do you think? Do you have anything that you'd, you'd really hope to see in an Age of Wonders 4? I'd like to see a little bit more consistency with the presentation because at its best, I think Age of Wonders Planet 4 has got incredibly good presentation. It's got really good graphics. The character design's really good for the most part. Although I, I don't share your concerns about the race design, Rob, to be honest. I, I actually really like it. I think it's, I quite like that kind of style. I think, you know, maybe if they made some neutral faction style things a little bit more wild or, you know, or made the main playable factions a little bit more like the neutral factions, perhaps, because uh, that could appease you then. But um, yeah, I think just more consistency because some of the voice acting in the game is bad and it drives me up the wall when yeah. I'm listening to it. With some of the tech tree dialogue and stuff, it's just, I really don't like it. You've got to turn it off is, as fast as you can, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think some of it, and it's a shame because some of it's actually okay. It's, yeah, it's like I, some of it. Can I can I just jump in real quick? I mean, there is a one voice where I think he's like trying to be like a surfer dude or something. I like he the way he's talking is like this, you know, and I'm just like, why? I feel like this game is trying to take itself seriously at some level, and yet there's this one narrator that'll jump on and read out whatever it is, and he sounds like he's like just jumped off a surfboard, dude, and like you know we've got these like laser now, man. We got like these laser blasters. You should totally try them, dude. And I'm just like, oh my god, I. I, mm. it makes me like, vis- like I, I don't actually like physically cringe very often, but I cringe every time I hear that voice. Yeah. One of the ones who does the Devar stuff just sounds like a, a really amateur voice actor as well. And I think, you know, that's what I mean. It's just a little bit inconsistent. And I think that there's, there's also, I think some people find the, the mix of, you know, a game, a sci-fi game that probably could be quite serious with, the kind of typical Age of Wonders style comedy. And they've really ramped the comedy up as well from, from Age of Wonders 3, I think. I think that they kind of, they 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 really increase that. And I think some people don't like that. I think the, I, I don't mm. mind it, by the way. I like a bit of comedy, but it's got to be consistent. So it's just, that's the only thing. And that's a really, really small nitpick, by the way, in this game. I mean, really, I think the game is a very, very solid product. And, you know, if the worst thing that I can think about it is, you know, come on, just just make sure your voice actors are a little bit more consistent then you know that's not that's not a bad game is it <laughs> no it's it's funny you say that because i mean you look at um like gladius you know like as another like a sci-fi type sort of game but have you played the too many voices mod with that yeah. i mean that's that shows you the difference between what the base game has got which is actually pretty good uh with the different warhammer warhammer uh, voices but when you play gladius with the too many voices and this is a modder who actually went and got professional voice acting and he paid people, and so a lot of people donated their time, but he got all these different people from all over the world to voice the different factions, and it's just so immersive. It's so good. And, uh, yeah, it's, so it's just so important. I think, I think you're dead right. 
Yeah, no, I, I great point because that mod is, I mean, I, you know, there's just some things that mod modders do that just really enhance a product, and I won't play Gladius without that because it does so much for the immersion. I, you know, and to if if this guy who's a modder who's paying people can do it, then I'm I'm sure that a professional studio could do the same. And yeah, I I agree. I think that's a it's it's funny that that probably would be one of my biggest gripes too is the the presentation on on some of those things. And I I actually would extend that to the character models. I'm not sure why, but for some reason. The, the like the general atmosphere or sorry the general terrain and world map and all that look great but when you get up close and personal with some of the like hero models I kind of feel like there's a weird disconnect there too but other than that I'm I'm with you 100% I'm going to reiterate that I think that a game a forex game is better with some diversity I think that is probably a bit unique maybe it, I don't even know if it's unique to me but I think it is a kind of a niche to want to cater to and I'm, I'm not expecting them to i think that that's why fantasy games work so well because you have you know you have your orcs you have your you know your mm. frostlings and all these guys that are you know but you, you can look at a frostling city and know it's frostling right immediately you're like oh yep there's the frostlings or there's the tigrans right or tigrans yep. however you guys pronounce it and see i, I don't want to i don't want to you you gave me z i don't want to you know i don't want to z you so. <laughs> <laughs> so but you know with that, like, I just think that there's some, it's not, it, there's, there's some sort of like, you know, ability to have like some player agency and, 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 and kind of, you know, like when I, as the Kirko, I feel that's why I could, probably why I gravitate towards them more because I feel like they look unique enough and they have this unique presence that just makes me feel like, you know, I'm spreading Kirko across this map and it's not just, you know, I'm spreading this one human, this other human faction that is part of like five of them you know across yeah. the, I, I don't know there's just something I, it's hard to, for me to articulate but it's just there's i think i think you're right like when you look at it it's like why aren't the amazons more plant-based or why aren't the sonumbra so more alien you know because they could be they don't have to be human yeah. um right. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah they mean, could be completely different if the amazons were were plants that rode along rode on dinosaurs I would die. I would love that. Like you've yeah, got like little yeah. freaking like, you know, like vines riding around on dinosaurs. I would like the idea of that. I know it sounds kind of funny, but I also think it would be cool as hell. I mean, like if vines yeah. somehow were like, maybe they had some sort of like, you know, uh, you know, mind controlling properties, these vines. And, you know, if they got into dinosaurs, they were able to control them. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just <laughs> shooting it off here, but I really think that it would take it into that alien realm, wouldn't it? it would, uh, that's, uh, I think that that's where, there's no reason they couldn't have gone that way uh, with what they've, you know, even with if they had all of the exactly the same, uh, with you know, the basically the the same attacks that they had, everything would be exactly the same, except if they were just different models. It would actually make it more immersive in that sense. Yeah, or the Oathbound uh, Oath could be just straight up robots. Like they the just Oathbound played it a bit safe, didn't they? I, I yeah. think they just played they played the race design a little bit too safe. My only gripe with it that, really is, is that, that I just the only mod that, that I used for that game. Sorry? Is that because of us, though? Because I, I know that uh, I think I, I would guess that all three of us like to have that more diverse sort of style of uh, like of factions that we can play. But one thing I noticed in Age of Wonders uh, 3, which has got like so many different, like you've got the orcs, you've got all these different sorts of things you can play as. And also in Shadow Magic, most people still played the humans. Like it was, and I don't know what, if there's any sort of statistics on that, but I noticed that all the comments I ever got was that, that people were playing as the human faction and none of these other other weird and wonderful factions. So I wonder if that was part of their decision-making. I know that three of us are, 
are not wired that way, but I, I think that the vast majority of gamers actually are. How do you guys feel about that? Um, okay, yeah, you know, the, uh, the uh, what's it, Stars in Shadow has a, it has a human faction, and they're actually they're actually a difficult faction to play, so there was a bit of a problem for, <laughs> I think Rob wants to speak. Um, they, they, were, they, they were actually a, a bit of a problem for the developer because people were coming and playing them first, not realizing that they were actually a DLC faction or, you know, they're, they're considered to be a hard faction, I think, actually, is the truth. And, you know, mm. so they were like, oh, the, the humans are too hard to keep losing. It's like, yeah, the, it does actually say so that they are one of the harder factions to play. That was just a decision that they took, which was a bit of a strange one. So I think it's true that a lot of people do play human factions because they relate to it. <laughs> Sorry. Just as a little, like, kind of behind-the-scenes moment here, we we queue up in our podcast discussion with the use of numbers on the discord chat and the reason why ben was thinking <laughs> that i had something to say is because i was just dropping numbers left and right but there are two points now because you made a really great point about the humans and stars and shadow and that the developers mm. actually ended up having to put you know like not for beginners or whatever in their description because so many people were making that that, that mistake and I will say, and this is something that I know for a fact that that Brad, who is somebody who looks at the Brad Wardell, sorry, I should go back and say that Brad Wardell, the CEO of Stardock, who has a vested interest in trying to figure out what players like, has said um, more than once that that players overwhelmingly choose humans, and you, even in a game where you know Galactic Civilizations, where there's you know 10, 12, 15 different races, they will almost always take humans, and that's because that is something that they're more familiar with and they feel more akin to. And yeah, maybe we are wired a little bit differently. I personally like the weird and wonderful, right? I, I mean, one of my favorite yeah, games of all, yeah, one of my favorite games of all time is Ascendancy. I know it hasn't aged well, and I really probably wouldn't play it anymore, but there wasn't human, there was not a human race in Ascendancy. All of them were just weird as hell. And I, I really like that about a game. And I think that the weirder you get, even if you are just the humans playing against a bunch of weird ass aliens, I mean, that really gets me. That just, really sparks my imagination and it sparks my my desire to immerse myself in a game and you know it, mm. it fell short so it is what it is i still think they did great with faction design i just think they could have probably played it like you said a little less safe and maybe maybe the same archetypes could be there but you know with maybe a better or may a more like dramatic race design so it is yeah. what it is yeah. i'm looking forward to age of wonders 4 i think like you know what daz said i think that you you were spot on when you say that this is the, I think it's their best one. Now, you know, there's a couple things I would change. I still I now I would go back and I think I would probably find a, a middle point between Age of Wonders three town management and Age of Wonders Planetfall town management because I think that they went a little too far in the micromanagement aspect for Planetfall personally, but I do think that it was probably a little too little hands on in the third one. So <laughs> for me personally, I think there's a, there's a middle point and that's why I actually play with no colonizers. I actually really enjoy that. And I, I wish that they had that in the galactic empire mode because I, I really like kind of starting off small and working my way up bigger, much more slowly than probably you do Daz or maybe you Ben. So no, I'm with you on that, Rob. I mean, I actually, I'm, I'm with you as well. I, I do like playing. I, I like, I always said any game that I'm playing to slow development because I prefer the, I prefer the slow, slow progression rather than rushing. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that, that this is the best one yet. And, that I mean, production values aside, you know, I think they were mostly awesome except for the, the voice acting. The rest of the game is stellar. And 
you know, it's the one Age of Wonders game that I put the most time in by far. Age of Wonders 3 probably hit like maybe 100 hours, 150 hours for me. And I've probably doubled, maybe tripled that with Planetfall in its iterations and on in its beta. So I, I, I love the game. I had a lot of time with it and I enjoyed a lot of it. And, you know, I, I've probably moved on at this point because I have had so much time with it. But it's a game where I think I could come back in a year or two because it's going to age well. It looks great. I could probably come back to it and, and really get back into it again. Actually, I'm scared to look at how many hours I've put into both Age of Wonders 3 and Planet 4. I think I'm in the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what me to shame for sure. <laughs> but um, no, I think uh, it, uh, for me, uh, it's the city management, I don't mind at all. Um, so that's not really not a problem. I would, li- I would like to see, I think if they go back to fantasy, they will be able to then split things out a little bit more into um, into the different sorts of factions anyway. One thing I missed from Shadow Magic and from the earlier games was the the mechanism that they used to have with the good, evil, and neutral races, and then like they had almost like a dungeon, a dungeon and dragon sort of basic sort of style about it. I think they worked it out okay in Age of Wonders three. It does make it hard because you then have like preset diplomacy. Like if you've got um, humans and uh, and elves, they're going to tend to like each other. Although the humans were neutral, weren't they in in, uh, in Shadow Magic? I don't know. Like it's a hard one. There's still a lot of decisions to go back to if they if they do try to sort of figure out the best way of uh, of tackling that. Uh, but no, I think that, again, I guess the diplomacy that they've actually put into Planetfall would actually work in very very well. Like you know how they've actually now got those secret uh, those hidden traits, the two hidden traits that you um, have to try to figure out what the then they're randomised for every for every um, AI person that comes in, like every player. They've got these two hidden traits, which I think is brilliant. Like because if you know they could be a one of the hidden traits, for example, could be a pacifist or it could be a xenophobe, and depending on what your actions are, will then dictate how they feel about you. And I think that that's brilliant the way they've actually done that. So taking that sort of stuff forward into other games as well would be great. Did you notice that that was in Master of Magic as well, Daz? Just like it's from Master of Orion originally, but all the AI have two different um, personalities. They have a they have a, like a, a personality, and then they have a kind of play style, and it's it's split into two. And yeah, it, it seems like they kind of took a leaf out of, out of Master of Magic's book there. Except they went one more and they hid it from you, so that you have to kind of figure it out, which I think is really cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, I hadn't noticed that actually. Yeah, yeah, I was actually I, that was the point I was going to make is that there have been a few games in the past that have done that and. I think it was smart of Triumph Studios to take it because I think it worked really well with this this diplomacy system they've got. And, you know, now with Civilization VI, they've done it, and a few other games have started to kind of... And more recently, Humankind is actually a lot more open and upfront about it. There's you know there's no, like, you know, need to uncover it, which I, 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 I miss. I do... I think it's great to know that there's, like, traits that I need to kind of uncover as I get to know a, you know, a, a rival personality more. And with humankind, they're they're immediately presented to you. Like are you, you get into diplomacy, and you're, it, it actually says like you know hateful, spiteful, and you know uh, treacherous or traitorous. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, how do I know that from just finding them? You know, just having met them. And I, mm. I really like that about Planetfall, and that you have to you have to uncover that through a process. You know. Well, as soon as you start to make actions, or they'll they'll then respond to things that you do. And I think that once again, they've done it so so well. Like if you take over, if you destroy an enemy city, then suddenly all of the uh, xenophobes will will suddenly like you because uh, they they like racial purity. Whereas the <laughs> the xenophiles will then sort of start to hate you. It's just, it, and you don't know what they what they are until you start to make these actions. So it makes the game very very organic, which I really quite like. 
we didn't really talk about the diplomacy, did we? But the diplomacy in Age of Wonders Planetfall is pretty good, actually. I mean, it's a, it's always a weak point in 4X games, but I, I think it, it works pretty well. It's simple, uh, really, really simple, and which I like. And there's, not, there's none of this. I hate with things where you've got to send spies out and do all the sort of micromanagement. This is just so, so simple. It all comes down to the relationship you have. You know what that relationship is. You can see the numbers, but you just don't know what's until you actually figure out what the secret traits are. You don't know why they're making decisions the way that they are. But also when you start to come across, like, again, if you come, if you have a, a player that really likes you when you first start playing because they're a pacifist and you find out, okay, they're a pacifist, you've then got to think, okay, well, when am I going to start getting aggressive with the other factions? Because it's not just what you do with them. It's what you do around you. And so as you get more powerful, as a, um, as a, if you've got a pacifist friend, as you become stronger and stronger, they'll then dislike you more and more. And also if you then start to take over enemy cities, they'll dislike you as well. So while you're weak and while you're just sort of defending, they'll be your best friend. But as soon as you start to switch, so you, even knowing that in the game allows you then to manage how you're then going to progress dip diplomatically through the game. And I find that really, really fascinating. Yeah, that sounds really cool, man. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and play this because I've not actually played Planet 4 properly for probably about six months or so, I think, since the last DLC came out. So this has kind of got me pumped to go back into it. Now I've got a bit of time. Maybe I'll put Total War down for a bit and play this instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great game. Yeah, I think that's probably a great way to wrap this up. Is that, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Planetfall is easily one of the best Forex games I've played in some time. And for me, I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. I was really lucky in that I was part of the beta pretty early on. And... I was able to kind of help influence some of the design decisions. I mean, I was back there, of course, screaming at the top of my lungs that I wanted more alien races. But of course, you know, there's only there's only so much a beta <laughs> tester can do. But you know, there there were some. I mean, the, the, that was the great part about it. And you know, I feel a certain affinity and sort of I don't know, maybe a sense of pride in some of the games that I've been a part of a beta with. And this one was one of them. And it was just fun to see how. It originally, I mean, like, it felt like a game that had a lot of potential. And by the end of the, the, the development cycle, I feel like it really met that potential. I mean, of course, yeah, you're right. I think there's some quality of life things that could have been worked out. I mean, for me, having no colonizer mode on the Empire stuff would have been great. And, you know, of course, being able to choose which NPC factions were showing up in your your Galactic Empire mode, too, were probably, would probably be fun, right? Some of that stuff would be nice. But... Mm. For the most part, I think they they really just knocked this one out of the park. And, you know, I hope to see Age of Wonders 4. I hope to see whatever it is that Triumph Studios does next. I hope they stay with the strategy genre. I think they do that. But I don't care for the Overlord series. I thought they were kind no, of cool. No, I don't either. But I, I, I purposely didn't even buy it because I was um, in protest <laughs> over not doing a, an Age of Wonders 3 at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'd do the same thing if they came out with, like, you know, Overlord 4 or whatever they're at now. And, <laughs> you know, and or anything else, really, I'd probably not buy it just out of spite, too. But I hope um, they do something different with Age of Wonders 4, actually, if they're going to do a fantasy one. Like, I mean, it, I'd. I hope they don't kind of do what you know, like Simtex did with a uh, with Master, Master of Orion two, and just kind of um, cut well transplant man mechanics out of the earlier ones, and just sort of try to cobble something new together. I really hope that they do something. I don't mean I don't want a drastically different game, but I just think that after seeing how well that they developed Age of, Age of Wonders Planetfall, they could do something really interesting with with the fantasy setting that is different to Age of Wonders three and. The knock-on effect of that, of course, is it means that all the old games are still worth playing. Like, 
I understand that shadow magic is so different to the uh, to Age of Wonders three that so many people prefer it to the three. So I like it when sequels are, are so different that you know it doesn't just obsolete all the ones before it. Yeah, I disagree with that actually, Ben. Sorry, I've, I've, I think that they've got to go back to the the you know tried and true tropes to a degree. The only thing I would think that they, where they could do that would be to go a little bit like Pan's Labyrinth, where they end up bringing things that are still sort of feel very uh, rooted in in uh, you know old law, but still um, just with that sort of uh, that that slight difference. But I, I feel that I feel that you get quite comfortable. Like Shadow Magic, I think worked because the tropes in there and the different factions were they were true to what they were. Whereas in in Age of Wonders three, they they because they got rid of the the good evil neutral alignment system, they then ended up having to be fairly mediocre. Where you could actually have like good um, good orcs and evil halflings and stuff like this. It just yeah. for me, I prefer the shadow magic style of of getting more um, aggressive play. But how they do that is, I don't. I think it would be difficult. So personally, I just think that they. I, I hope that they take all the stuff that they've learned from uh, Planetfall. This is if they are building an Age of Wonders four. So. Hopefully they will. But if, if they took all of those wonderful things that they did with Planetfall and brought that across, all the lessons that were learned, uh, you know, from from Age of Wonders three and brought into Planetfall, take that forward. But then actually, sort of, you know, I don't know, go back to the tried and true tropes. I think for me would be ideal. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think what I meant was more like uh, I, sometimes I think you know um, when developers are making these new games they they kind of just cut and paste stuff from other games in without really thinking about it too hard and it's clear they didn't do that with Planet 4. Planet 4 was you, it's such a tight game mechanically that they you know I was just thinking that maybe with Age of Wonders 4 um, they can they can kind of make the same kind of route towards a more modern game like they they have done with Planet 4 but something slightly yeah. different. Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to kind of see where they go with it. So I'm really happy to have had this conversation, guys. I think this is a great time to look at it, especially with the, you know, the like I, I, I'm with you, Daz. It was unfortunate to hear that they stopped because I think it was, it had room for more and I would have been cool with some more factions, but you know, with the, what was clearly some sort of agreement with Parrot, I don't want to say argument because that would just be bad. What was clearly some... <laughs> What was clearly some sort of agreement with Paradox. They, you know, they they had a, you know, a set a number of expansions and stuff that they were going to work on, and you know that was what they they did. So I wish there was yeah, I more. I think it was because the community was so worried about the DLC bloat. Um, and look, I'm, that's not a negative about what Paradox does either, by the way. I, I think that they've, when you've got niche games, you've got to find the best way to actually sort of uh, monetize that that niche that you've that you're in. And um, Paradox do that one very, very well. Like you look at the you know the Europa Universalists and you know all the, the plethora of different DLCs are coming in with that. If you if you're playing that, you you you, you don't mind it. But I think that the uh, the Age of Wonders community was really quite different, and I think that the actual the relationship or the the, the marriage between Paradox and, and Triumph has been fantastic. So I think it's been great for both companies. I hope I hope it's been great for both companies because I think it's worked really really well. I just wish that they that they had to placate the Age of Wonders community back in the early when they were, when they were sort of making the um, when they first sort of uh, got together the Paradox and Triumph. And uh, by doing that, they had to then say it's definitely going to be, you know, we're, we're, you know, part of the contract is we're not going to go beyond this, you know, X number of DLC. And um, I just wish that that was a bit rubbery because <laughs> yeah. I think it would actually, uh, it would actually work well if it was. But um, I can understand why they didn't do it at the time. But I feel, I feel that they, I don't know, the management of uh, Age of Wonders, 
you know, particularly Age of Wonders Planetfall, uh, with m- moving across into into the paradox realm, has worked in- incredibly well. Yeah, I think it's good to know that Triumph Studios has some serious backing behind it now. So, anyway, well, this has been great, guys. Really, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, Daz. Thank you very much for being here. Oh, it's been great. I always, I love these conversations. I think that when you like, you know, I know that you know we're all passionate about about gaming, and uh, sort of it's an important part of uh, you know what we look at and what we do. And there's just so much that we. Um, so I think when you're talking with like-minded people, it's um, it's uh, just it's a great time. I, I really really enjoy these. So um, yeah, no, it's it's been a lot of fun. Thanks thanks for having me on. That sounds like an invitation to invite you more often. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> and Ben, as always, it's been great to have you, bud. Uh, thanks, man. I feel the same way. It's always it's always good to chew the fact with you guys. It's funny because I actually I kind of spend more time talking about games now than I do actually playing them, <laughs> which might be a good thing if you're a game addict. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that's the case with me too. So great stuff, guys. All right, well, this was Rob, Ben, and Daz Tactic for Explominates. Until next time. Keep exploring.